For some students, going back to school after the summer holidays is an exciting experience, but for others, it can be more stressful, especially if they're starting at a new school. Changes in teachers, academic expectations, and school rules can affect kids' mood. Find out how parents and school staff can make school transitions easier for kids this week on Family Anatomy. psychologist but they're not your psychologist so if you need to talk to someone about family or mental health issues you can get a referral from your family doctor this show is for information only welcome to family anatomy your source for parenting and relationship information with your hosts dr giuseppe spezzano and dr brian mcdonald you can find us at familyanatomy.com or over on itunes and let's get right into it today it's back to school time it's uh, the anatomy of return to school time. Sure. Is that we could what we're call calling it? That. it? Oh, Something like that. And I was thinking changing school, school transitions. That's what I was thinking. Well, see, about. now we have uh, part of this idea came from the fact that you're the first one of the two of us that has a child changing schools. Let me tell you. That, which isn't my, so, you know, you're going to have your own angle on yep, it. I, yep. My kids aren't changing schools. They're just going to another grade, which is still a change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so, and we but, did talk about back to school way back. In fact, your son was on an episode about back to school. Episode yes, he was. number 73, if I remember right. And yes, and uh, what he said at the time was that uh, he doesn't mind going back to schools maybe just Mondays I believe this was quote, quote, unquote, just Mondays. I don't think his attitude has changed so much (laughs) since then. (laughs) He liked going on Mondays. Yeah, yeah. Not so much the rest of the days, but... And I do have a 12-year-old who is moving on up to intermediate, I guess. He's he's going to a high school in grade seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was a big deal for him. He was a little bit stressed out. Well, not too much, actually. He was mostly excited about it. It was like the night before Christmas for him, the day before school started. Well, now that's because you had done some things prior to the first day. Lots of things prior to the first day. Yes. And we're, we're going to talk about what some I don't some think those... it would have been the same thing if you just sort of dumped them there unexpectedly. No, no. But uh, the trick is also to, to maintain that positive attitude that he's got for now, right? Because just before we started recording, I got a phone call from my wife who said... I. How are we going to do this? He's He's got to have gym shoes and this separate set of gym clothes. And this guy would forget, he'd leave his head behind if it wasn't attached to his shoulders. So we don't know how he's going to be able to keep track of all of his stuff because he's, that's just not where his... Well, how do they keep track of prisoners? You know, maybe we should put an ID code you on. You could put one of those bracelets on uh, his I, things. I'll tell you what, I did seriously think if... At, even for the shoes, at least for the shoes, if if because he's got a nice pair of sneakers for gym, and and he's a runner too, right? So he he needs he needs to have a good pair of shoes. 
I was thinking, you know, one of those little Bluetooth things so that your phone can detect if yeah. somebody leaves it behind, it might make it easier if I could just attach a little tag or something to to his shoes well, at the very t- least. You're techy enough for that, I think. Well, I have faith in you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. We'll figure it out. How, how can I... Uh, how, how can I work around my son's organization, my, his limited organizational skills? He's only 12. He's only 12. Now, you have two sons. I have two yep. sons. So there's three other kids here that we're talking about change, but not changing schools. We're talking about just going to a new class with new kids in it and a new teacher right. and a uh, new curriculum. That has its More own challenging challenges. Yeah. Curriculum. So those are all stressful changes or can be stressful changes as well. Indeed, they can. So let me let me tell you from you know the experience I've had with my two kids sure. first days of school okay. over the years. Yeah. Well my when my my oldest son, when he first got to school back in JK, way back, ten years ago now, he's ten years old. Ten years ago now. Is that how, he started at zero? <laughs> well he was very advanced. That's right. Wouldn't have been ten, <laughs> what it five. No, not even five. What is it? Well, five years ago? Yeah, five years ago. Now, no, four. What grade six, is he in? Six years ago. What grade is he in? He, he would start when he's... He started at four. Four years old. Right. Yeah. So six years ago. Six years ago. Let's try that again. <laughs> so when he first started... Yes. Six years ago. Okay. Um, he was afraid. Mm-hmm. So when he walked into the class at first, he was crying and he didn't want me to leave. And mm-hmm. the teacher at the time said, that's okay. Don't worry. Just go. And I left, and just as she had predicted, 10 minutes later, he was fine. Right. And I think that's an experience a lot of parents have. Uh-huh, the, yes, yeah. You know, because I remember that kindergarten class, there was a fair bit of wailing. Mm-hmm. Well, know, sometimes it lasts <laughs> it was longer, a lot of, right? I well, sometimes it does yeah. last longer, sure. Yeah. But it doesn't last all year, usually. usually I mean, in the not. odd case, it might yeah. last half a year Until or the three spring, quarters. maybe. That's right. Someone I can name, a family friend. <laughs> yeah, so it ha- that's... that's a fairly unusual case, yeah, but it's absolutely. very typical for there to be like a fair bit of wailing from a number of different kids in that JK class it's on the first huge, day. It's a huge change and the kids are so young, four years old, and they're being separated sometimes from their parents for the, for the first time for a whole day. That's it. That's it. If the parents haven't had them at daycare before, it can right. be, you know. Well, there's probably right. less crying from the kids who have been in daycare. Yes. Probably. Probably. Be a little bit more used to it. Although but there's other factors, right? There's other factors. A, yeah. Like what I'm I'm hoping we're going to end up talking about is the relationship with the parent is also very important. It's not just the fact that they've had this experience uh, in, a, in another setting prior to JK. Oh, absolutely. Right? So anyway, so that's what happened with my first son. My second son, when he went to school when he, I'm going to say when he was four. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that instead of doing the math okay. this time. Yeah. Your mental math yeah. skills are lacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You so, transitioned out of school a long time ago. <laughs> You've forgotten basic addition. Well, it was, you know, it wasn't the new math at that point. It was just <laughs> yeah, you uh, cave, chaos, cave painting. Chaos and, theory. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so when my, when my youngest goes to school, mm-hmm. same thing happened. And this time, uh, what I did is I, the teacher did the same thing. She asked sure. me to just go ahead yep. and leave and he would wail and he'd probably he'd wail over. for 10 minutes. He'd get over and that would be that. And, uh, I'm sure that would have happened, but I didn't, 
I didn't do that, so I didn't find that out. I had done that with my first son, and I already knew that that's how it would probably work. So I tried something different. Mm -hmm. And so with my second son, what I did is I stayed in the classroom for that 10 minutes instead of leaving. Uh huh. And uh, I stayed in the classroom 10 minutes. And 10 minutes later, he said, I'm okay, Dad. And he said, you can go. There you go. So he didn't have to cry it so out. So he didn't have to wail it out right. for that 10 minutes. So that's the big difference. I think they got to the same place behaviorally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? They weren't wailing. At, mm-hmm. like, at the 15-minute mark, they were scared to go, yeah. Right? They're both scared, but one son was wailing for 10, and the other one didn't have to because he... Sort, I think what partly happened there is his feeling of safety with me got transferred into the classroom over the course of that 10 minutes that I was there. Right. Not... I mean, this teacher was kind enough to allow me to do that because it is her classroom and not mine. That's true. You might, um, you might not see that in every school and every class. Uh, there's a lot of teachers that would say, and I'm sorry, no, you have to leave. Right. I got lucky with this particular teacher who allowed me to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't think she was happy that I was staying for those 10 minutes, but she tolerated it. Right. And it worked. And, and it so didn't she last was long. fine. Yeah. And, and it was only 10 minutes. Well, she couldn't have every parent. Sitting in no, the classroom you couldn't with their kids, have, right? No, you couldn't have like 30 parents. No, well, 20 parents yeah. is a cap at 20. So 20 parents, 20 kids. Mm-hmm. In a, yeah. Would be a free But now, that's like the, you know, no, we're just, wa- because, just because Johnny, you know, wants to jump off a bridge doesn't mean you have to jump off a bridge. There's not going to be 20 kids wailing. Nope. She no, could probably tolerate fact, four or five parents. You know, both of my you know. kids had no trouble with, now that we're walking down memory lane, they had yes. no trouble with the JK transition in terms of tears. Uh, my older son was more shy when he started, and even the teachers said at parent-teacher interviews, you know, even at the end of the year, he really doesn't speak very much at all in Well, class, see, now right? this is the thing, this is the but thing, But he'd though. come home, he would come home from school, and it, it was full day, uh, and it was his first time really in that kind of a circumstance, the only time he'd been out for a full day was, was when he was being babysat by his grandparents and he would come home and we'd say, Hey, how was your day at school? And we'd be excited about it and mm-hmm. kind of wanting to show that we were excited about it. And then mm-hmm. it's a good place to be. How was your day at school? And he'd say, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you later. <laughs> you know? So this is what we're saying Nothing is happened, there's different, but, yeah, but there's different reactions to anxiety because yep. they both had anxiety. All, yep. Well, all the kids are going to have some anxiety. Yeah. That's normal. And the younger guy, we don't want to leave him out. My younger son, he went to school and made new friends on day one and had a great day and came home and couldn't stop talking about it. So he wasn't anxious about that part at all. He, he gets nervous about different things. Okay. That's for another show. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so that's... That was our experience. That was our experience. And I think people, obviously, they, when they see me walk down the street, they know I'm a psychologist. Automatically. Because my uniform. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they ask me things at parties and such. You wear your psychology hat. <laughs> and when they ask me, I, I kind of go through this story with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And I, I say I prefer the second way of dealing with it uh, because it strengths, strengthens or... And an, well, first, it uses your relationship with your child in a positive way. It strengthens your relationship with your child. Yep. It gives them a sense that you're going to be there for them. There's trust. And that yeah. sense of safety gets transferred to the classroom. I think the whole thing works better, mm-hmm. generally speaking. And it Not works for that, the reasons you want it to work. Exactly. Yeah. And so you could do it the other way. Right. Um, Expect and I don't a four-year-old think, to independently... Uh, Manage yeah, transitional no. stress. It's 10 minutes of crying. I don't think it's, it's damaging. Not it's not no. damaging. But if you have a choice, I think the better way to do it is this way. And, you know, and the funny thing is that 
You see, you know, the, the, the way you described your son's experience, like my, you, you said my son didn't have tears. So people, like parents are nervous themselves, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So parents are nervous themselves. Yep. They have a tendency to, um, to not be able to look, look at what might be beneath what they see on the surface with their child. Like with your child, you're a psychologist, so you get it, right? Right. But, but some, some well, we parents... Well, we want them to be okay. We want we them w- to be excited right. about it. But you're, you're more likely to look beneath the surface there. Like just right. because he's not crying doesn't mean he's not nervous. Right, right. Right? And so, and, and if he says, if he's protesting a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean he's not nervous. Yep. So you could be angry. Sure. On the surface. And yeah, you know... Just refusing probably, to go. I hate school. Well, this change is too much. It makes... Anxiety come up, period. That's yeah. what happens, you know? Yeah. So they could be getting angry. They could be quiet. They could be crying. Mm-hmm. But underneath it, it's not a kid who's just trying to be defiant or is lazy or any of these other things. It's a kid who's nervous in a time of transition because transition means anxiety. A certain amount of anxiety is it's great. Normal. Yeah, can it's be normal. called uh, excited, yeah. right? Yep. But um, beyond that, it's... It, it's still normal, mm-hmm. but it's something that if you if you go at it uh, in a way that sort of empathizes with what's underneath, what right. you might be seeing on the surface, you're going to be better off. Well, and and I have to say, obviously, I have a, a bit of a special interest in in this transition to middle school, to junior high school, to the intermediate grades, because my son is going through that process, and so I, I you know, I wanted to do some reading on it ahead of time, and I certainly wanted to think ahead and try to plan ahead a little bit in terms of helping him to be comfortable with that transition, especially where he, he was not totally comfortable with the JK, uh, with entry into JK at first. It didn't take him too long. He got used to it pretty fast, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, without its share of stress. Like I said, um, every year since then, things have been fine. There haven't been any big you know, worries or, or major stresses since then. Uh, and that's why I, I was kind of thinking more about this other transition. And it's funny, you know, because kids move from grade six into grade seven at a time when, for many of them, uh, they're starting to go through those pubertal changes too. And so they might be a little bit sensitive. There's an extra set of stressors You know, too, they yeah. might be more emotional. They might be more self-conscious. It's a physiological transition. Right? <laughs> yeah. They're going through that physical change at the same time. And, and on top of that, there's the changes in, in their in their social relationships are starting to happen too. And you hear some of the friends talking about girls that they want to go out with and, and all of that stuff is coming up at the same time as they're starting in a new school. And not only is it a new school, it's a whole new way of doing school really, where you're expected to be more independent. You got your locker. You've got your, well, he always had a locker, but now he has to look after his gym clothes and his gym shoes. And he's, he's expected to kind of look after his own homework a lot more um, there's all, you've got how many different teachers and they're all assigning different assignments, you know, they're, and, and you're really having to manage things a lot more. He's really motivated and gung ho and, and he wants to do well. Um, which I, I think in part is because of his excitement and his comfort level that we really, really tried to, uh, to encourage. But, um, this is a situation for, for lots of kids that is a, that is a tough one. And it's, it's tough for different reasons than the JK starting in, in junior kindergarten is tough. Um, but in, in lots of ways, it might even be more difficult for kids, more challenging. More challenging. And yet the, the central task, I think, 
of a parent remains the same. You, yeah. know, you, you could look yeah. at the details being very different, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but underlying the whole thing is fear of the unknown, fear of anxiety. Right, it's, uh, the, the things are changing. You don't know. Is this there's te- uncertainty. There's a new teacher. Is, is he or she going to be nice, or is she going to be uh, more difficult to get along with? There's four the, new teachers the, and a new principal. The new challenging new, curriculum. Is yeah. that am I going to be able to handle it, or am I going to be getting worse marks this year than I did last? It's going right. to be a harder curriculum. Right. Uh, there's new kids in the class. Is there going to be a bully in this class? Is mm-hmm. there, um, you know what I mean? Is this going to be a class where I have friends? Is it, sure. It's any, like, in any movie or TV show that you watch about high school, you learn that, oh, well, there's not only bullies, but there's people that might offer you drugs and there's, there's right, going to be there's drinking other, and there's going to be all of these other big choices and big decisions that, that you have to navigate. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think uh, like I say, the details change. Even if you think of adults, you know, I had a, a situation recently where um, this this acquaintance of mine said that um, an old friend hadn't spoken to him in, I want to say, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And he finally got an email from this friend 15 years later. Wow. Like the friend had cut him off and 15 years later got this uh, email. And the email went on about how... Um, you know, they were such good friends many years back and how they're, you know, the, this acquaintance of mine was probably wondering why, you know, there hadn't been contact in 15 years. And he went on to explain that the reason was that 15 years ago, there had been a party that this acquaintance of mine had had. And at that party, this this person that w- got upset, right, mm-hmm. came with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and he went to this party, didn't know anybody at the party, and my acquaintance friend here didn't properly introduce and try and integrate him into this party. Oh, okay. And his new girlfriend, the one that he brought right. with him, didn't feel like she was she, she felt wasn't she comfortable. Was ignored, she was yeah. uncomfortable, she didn't feel integrated or or you know welcomed. Right. And because of that, uh there was a lot of offense taken on both the girlfriend's part and this this, this old friend, and so they stopped talking for all these years. It gives you an idea. Why I'm, you're looking at me with a bit of a why is he bringing up that? <laughs> <laughs> that even because adults, you know, in a new situation where they don't know everybody, um, they it, it's a it can be difficult. A look at that. There's something behind that blank stare. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. also monitoring our recording levels. And <laughs> all that. I'm, I have to multitask here, man. You're focused on one well, thing. Well, the problem is that you've got this thing in front of your face that can barely tell your expression. But anyway, yeah. That's right. So, Nobody knows the limit of our, <laughs> of our studio. That's right. You got the mic and the pop filter in front shield. of your face. There. So, me, yeah. Yes. Anyway, so that, that is the point. Very well, good. That, that is the point. And you know what? And even if you're not making that transition during the adolescent years to high school, uh, if, if your family moves... Or if your school boundaries change, you might be starting in a new school. And, and we talked a while ago, and I can't remember what the subject of the show was, but we talked about a study that showed that kids who move from school to school often, who make lots of these transitions, have more trouble academically than kids who are able to stay in one place for a longer period of time. Yeah, it's it's always difficult. To, you know, it obviously, part of the way kids cope is that you know, you thrive in an atmosphere of of belonging and safety. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
not, you need, obviously you need challenges and you need change in order to grow. Yeah. Right. But the thing that allows you to be resilient through those changes is a sense of relation with people, usually adults mm-hmm. that you feel safe with. Well, and so, so for instance, if we go back to that, that, you know, original example that I gave with my son going to the school and me staying those 10 minutes, if I don't have the kind of relationship with my son that, that, that makes him feel safe, yeah. then I could be there every day for half a day. Or you could and be really annoying anxiety. the teacher at that point. Or you could be increasing you his could anxiety. Be, yes. If he feels like you're there just to, to you know, police him and, exactly. and to catch him doing something wrong, he becomes more nervous instead of less. But That's when right. he trusts that you're there to help him out, that you're on his side, then uh, it's going to make the, the change easier. And we know, I mean, we've I'm, I'm sure we've said this on the show as well, uh, that there has been research to show that the, the child's relationship with the teacher has a huge impact on on how they do academically, how successful they are, how stressful that classroom environment well, is. Well, the relationship that they have with the teacher, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, and in fact, you know, years ago, oh boy, maybe even 10 years ago, there was, I, I was doing a research project for one of my, my jobs at the time, and it was about kids who were transitioning into a new school. Uh, and one of the things that came up over and over again, um, in fact, I'd say one of the, probably one of the most consistent findings that I was able to write about in this research project was the idea that uh, a huge predictor of how successful a transition to a new school is going to be is a positive relationship with the staff member at the new school so that you feel that there's somebody there who cares about you and who you care about. So it, it makes you feel more safe, but it also motivates you to get past that, I, I think, past that anxiety and, and to uh, to work through some of the problems that might that might be associated with starting in a new building. Absolutely. And the difference that, that it makes, it, everybody's got that uh, experience, I think, where they feel welcome to exist in someone's presence, like a teacher, but that special teacher, that's what they do for oh, yeah. you, right? Or a coach. Or a coach, sure. Yeah, yeah, it could be. You know, even uh, there, there's one school where uh, I met a, a custodian who was, he was a friend to so many of, of the students who would come and help him out at recess or at lunchtime. And if it was indoor recess, he was arranging games in the gym for the students and the students would all be helping him out. He was a huge part of that school and probably a huge factor in new kids coming in feeling welcome, feeling like they were part of the community, feeling like somebody cared about them and and feeling like they can handle it in this place. The place feels friendly and welcoming when you've got a guy like that working. You know, and it's it's that quality that I'm thinking of teachers that I've had and the quality of being absolutely present, present, focused, present on you, like focused on you and present in the moment, like yeah. really like not sort of daydreaming off on some other thing or like half in the classroom, half outside the classroom spiritually. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. their spirit is in that class, focused on the kids and really motivated. That reminds me of a study that I read today, actually, just as I was preparing for our show tonight. This idea that in classrooms where teachers are just focused on results on tests or just focused on marks and who are more concerned about ranking the kids than they are with the kids learning, uh, those are classrooms where the kids will ask their maybe their friends for help or their parents for help. But when they're asking their friends for help, they're asking them for the answers, as opposed to a teacher like the one you were talking about who's there, who cares about the students, who wants the students to learn. Those kids are more likely to, instead of asking their friends for the answer, for a quick fix, for a way around the problem, 
They're asking their friends maybe for a hint to help them get to the answer, or maybe just explain those instructions a different way so I can do it myself because I care about my performance in this class. I care about my learning because the teacher cares, not about what my grade's going to be on the test at the end, but cares that I'm getting something out of it. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's something that you, you can't predict, uh, you know, you don't know. There, there is some chemistry that goes in, into that, too. There's some exceptional teachers that, mm-hmm. regardless of the chemistry, they're just, they're just exceptional, right? right? But uh, most of the time, it just has to do with, with a bit of chemistry that, you know, that they, they're actually engaged and not disengaged with your child, you know? We don't get to choose our kids' teachers most of the time, but parents do have a role in helping their kids adjust to a new school year or to a new school period. They do. Now, to me, when I look at it, I see two, two uh, categories of, of things that, that uh, parents can look to do. Mm-hmm. One of those categories is a more practical category of things, you know, like having their school supplies ready. A lot of this is organizing ahead of time, yeah, planning yeah. Ahead, of, yeah. ahead of time. Getting their school supplies ready, uh, getting getting their bedtime and mealtime routines reestablished because over the summer, you know, things have changed a yeah, lot, and you're, yeah. they're up probably a little later. They're sleeping in a bit more because they don't have to get up as much. My kids figured out how to sleep in past the normal time when they would wake up, like two days before they came, they went back yeah, to school, and then they're much, tired yeah. waking up in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, I mean, you can't win. Yeah, but the first week back is you yeah, know it's yeah, it's yeah. an easy week back, anyways. But you know, preparing the lunches ahead of time, and uh, you know, making sure you have all the health and emergency information up to date right. for the school. There's a lot of practical no, things you can do that having that minimize kids, your stress as a parent. Sure. But having the kids participate in, in preparing some of those things, too, is another way for them to be involved, for them to be thinking about, okay, this is, you know, I'm prepared and I'm I'm ready. And the things that I, I can have an impact on my experience at school, which is important. Now, see, I'm throwing that, that suggestion, I'm throwing it into this other category. Ah, I see. Okay. <laughs> right. Because those things are just sort of practical. Yep. Let's do these practical, a bunch of practical things. Sure. You don't need anybody's uh, cooperation. You don't really have to look at... Works better if you do, but not necessarily. Yeah, but, you, but there can just be really concrete, practical suggestions, right? Okay. As opposed to more psychologically-based suggestions. Because uh, what you're doing there is you're, you're getting... Why, why does it work to get them involved with you? Right. Well, A, it, it helps them to see that you care. This is it. This is it. This is. But you see what I mean. It's not so much just this concrete thing. There's something relationally going on that's somehow dealing with the presumed anxiety, whatever level that is, of this transition that's upcoming. Okay. You know, so that's that's a good suggestion you had. You visit the school ahead of time, Mm -hmm. right? That sounds like a concrete, practical suggestion, but really, it's about. You, again, lending your own safety and relationship right. to that new setting. It does kind of fit into both categories. You know, we did have a meeting last spring for the grade six students who were moving up to grade seven in the high school. And there were a lot, an awful lot of kids in, the, in those grade six classes who said, why do I want to go to an assembly at a, like in the evening mm-hmm. at a school? It's not even my school yet. But being the psychologist who's thinking ahead about these kinds of things, what did I say? Let's go. Yep. We're going to go check it out. My wife and I both went. We brought my son. He got a tour of the school. He got to meet the principal and the vice principal. The principal happened to have a pretty good sense of humor. 
and a really thick Irish accent, so that made it interesting for him. There was an Italian vice principal, so he thought you oh. know, he could he could brag to uh, his, his <laughs> Trash friend. Trash the Italian he soccer could, yeah. uh, people. Oh, absolutely, and he could brag to his friend Giuseppe <laughs> that, well, you know, the Irishman is the boss of the, the Italian <laughs> at the school. Uh, that's how things work over there. Yeah. Uh, and he toured around and found the 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 fitness room and met some people who were doing, and he's really athletic. So that like locked him right in. He was so excited. You mean that we, we have access to this equipment and we have that and the teachers will go for runs with the students and we can do this, this, and this. Well, I mean that lasted him through most of the summer here, here he has a nice principal. He's got some teachers who care about athletics, which is something that he likes. We had to do no work, you know, in, yeah. in that it way. It makes such a difference because, you know, it helps. It Obviously, that helped your son, but it also helps you and your wife. Totally. And right? we feel more comfortable. Yes, that was practical, obviously. Then we know the lay of the land. We can reduce our own anxiety. We know how to plan ahead. And it also, you know, psychologically, it helped him out. It also shows him something. It shows that things that happen at school are important to you. It shares your connection with the school. It, it sets up that something that we... we I think I wrote about it on the website. I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, but uh, it sets up an academic socialization where things that happen at school are important enough to you that you'll show up for them. There isn't this big gulf between home life and school life where they can fall into. Right. You know what I mean? Right. There's this, and I have a a friend of the family whose son um, is going to a new school this year, and he gave me pretty much the same kind of story you just gave. Yes. Except his son is going into, uh, let me see, grade two. And so they went to the new school and he was so struck by it. He's told me this. I don't know if it's either his memory or he loves the story. I think it's he loves the story so <laughs> much. He's told once. me like three yeah. times. <laughs> uh, but that's how that's how taken he, was by the, taken he was by this experience that he goes over there and he says, the principal... Came, you know, a lot of times you might go to the school and it's, there's a secretary between you and mm-hmm. the staff or sure. the principal, the teacher. Here he walked in and the, the principal came right out, welcomed him, yeah. welcomed his son, welcomed his wife. Very, very, like he couldn't stop going on about how wonderful this new school was going to be. Right. And so here's a genuine reaction from a parent. How's that not going to rub off? on the child who's maybe a little bit nervous about starting off in grade two. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Now, another suggestion that kind of fits in a little bit in both categories is the idea of parental involvement at school at other times of the year. Um, You know, volunteering at school, if you can. Yeah, well, all like volunteering at school. Like the very first day, my yeah. wife and I walked up. We introduced her. The teachers yeah. are all outside with the kids lining up in front mm-hmm. of them. We go up with our son. We introduce ourselves. We're you know we're 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 kind of bridging the gulf. Yeah, that exists at the beginning and sharing and your connection. That's it. And, the, and the by volunteering, it's the same you, thing yeah. that yeah. you're in there. You're, it's like you're extending your family out. Yes. And you know what? When, when I say, now, my wife volunteers very often at, at school events and functions and things like that. But, I mean, you could volunteer for an afternoon in the library or for... One of the things I remember the most, one of the best experiences I think I had uh, throughout my kids' elementary school uh, years so far, because I still have a son who's got a couple of years left in elementary school, was when they invited me in on a day that I had nothing scheduled, they invited me in to read to a grade two class, to my son's grade two class. And I, um, 
I set up a plan with the librarian where I asked her to find the most boring book possible that I, I had a really cool book with me. I brought it with me from home that my son hadn't seen yet, but I said, find the most boring, make sure it's got a cover that's really drab. They found this biography of Winston Churchill, a great big cover with Winston Churchill looking very serious. And it says Churchill across the front. So I brought that, I, I brought that in the, the teacher had come up with some clues so that the kids might be able to guess who was, co- who was going to be their special surprise guest reader. Uh, and they had set it up in such a way that by the fifth guest, then my son would be able to identify, wait a second, that's my dad. So as soon as he figured it out, everybody started laughing. And in I walked and I said, here's the book I'm going to read. And all the faces dropped. And then I pulled out the real book. And it was just a great, it, it took half an hour. I read a little story to the kids. The teacher took a picture of the kids all with me in the middle, everybody all around. And that was actually one of the pictures that showed up on the kids' graduation slideshow. Nice. Yes. Nice. So it's a great memory for me, and that's something that makes it so easy for me to support what they're doing, what the kids are doing at school, what the teachers are doing at school. Absolutely. No, it's during the year, uh, you know, I'm working most days, well... I'm working every day, except <laughs> the weekends. So it's hard for me to get there. But the times that I have been there yeah. are so memorable. Skating, skating with the class. We mm-hmm. went to uh, we went to see uh, the Nutcracker around Christmas time uh, with yeah. the class, yeah. uh, and these kinds of things. But even I was just a chaperone in. on a field trip one time. Yeah, that's just even just dropping in. Like there was some there. There was one year where the teacher was so welcoming mm. that I could just drop in, just even just for ten minutes, and the kids would all go, "There's uh, Dante's dad. There's Dante's dad," and yeah. they would all crowd around just for a few minutes. A little bit disruptive, so that a lot of teachers wouldn't be too happy sure, about that. Sure. But this particular teacher was. You know, she welcomed that, and it wasn't a big deal. I, I didn't overstay my welcome, of course. Well, but you can do that if if they have a book fair in the evening, or if they have a, a speaker who's coming in. You know, find out about these kinds of activities at the school and make yourself a little bit of a presence there. You might find out some things that your child might prefer that you didn't know about if yeah. you get to know the teachers a little bit in that way. Uh, but now, your 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 son or daughter is going to see how important what's happening at the school is to you. Absolutely. And my By wife, your actions, not just your words. That's right. And, and my wife, uh, her her schedule is a little bit more flexible, so she's able to, to do that more than I am. But I think it's it makes all the difference. Totally, it does. So, I mean, there's, there's so many things we could be talking about in terms of, uh, let's say, you know, if, if your child, again, going back to something I had talked about earlier there, the child isn't responding the way you hope they would respond, right? right. That now, if they're more upset like about say, going if, or refusing if, to go Unless to they're saying, I'm really scared. <laughs> yeah. Which not, I mean, there's even adults that aren't able to label their feelings yeah. that clearly. So unless they're saying that to making it easy for you, you have to assume that there's likely anxiety underneath it. So, Minimizing it, um, you know, belittling it, uh, trying to distract them away from it, um, you know, all these things. Which, you know, the labels I just gave to those things, most parents are going to say, "Of course, I don't do that." <laughs> mm, but but, but the yourself. actual well, yeah. the actual experience is different. It's you're not doing it purposely, but you're saying, "Oh, you're going to be fine." There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah. Listen, why would you be scared? Why, listen, you're just don't be scared about that. That's nothing to be scared of. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But they're scared um, already. So oh, come on, you're just trying to yeah. get out of school again. And the response to that is, they don't get it. 
right? Yeah. And so what happens there is the anxiety goes f- up further. And now, you know, you're, you're, you're making it more likely that it'll turn into a bigger issue mm-hmm. than it really mm-hmm. is because um, it can be just a normal amount of anxiety uh, related to this transition, but the way you react to it can exacerbate it or it can make it better. One of the things that we said earlier, again, a, a psychological factor is the idea that a positive relationship with the school staff member is something that can help to ease a, a transition to a new school or maybe even to a new grade. Uh, I would say encourage your kids' participation in extracurricular activities because then they get to know a teacher as a coach or as a, as a mentor or as a, uh, somebody who's interested in art or music, you know, as the guitar player. That's a, a, another way to get... Um, to to start building a relationship that's going to be with based the larger on, school community with the right? larger school community, and it's a relationship that's not just going to be based on the grades that you get on your test. Yes, you know you should always be prepared to talk to your kids about what they might be feeling. Right, that, you know that's a, as a general rule, but I think there's some prime time for this to happen. And what I've found is the night before they're going to school. Mm-hmm. That's when their fears are at their highest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, because it's tomorrow morning, uh-huh. you know, and it's uh-huh. the same with with adults, you know, adults that are starting a new job, for instance, the yeah. night before yep. is when there's going to be the most anxiety mm-hmm. and the most likelihood that uh, they're going to need someone to talk to because it's a forefront of their mind. Right. And so someone I, understanding to talk to who's not minimizing, exactly, who's, not belittling, exactly. who's not belittling and someone who, you know, for the teenagers who are moving up to, to the intermediate or the senior level, the high school, um, somebody who maybe understands that because of the changes their bodies are going through, they might also be a little bit more emotionally sensitive than usual. So your typical strategies, the things that you might've done two or three years before might you know, joking around or, or other ways of, of helping them get through it might not work. Yeah. And, you know, you have to check your own fears and frustrations as a parent and be able to not overreact and see the bigger picture because, after all, you're the adult and you have that right. bigger perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Now, going up into the higher grades, uh, you've got kids who probably are a little bit more independent than with their homework than they used to be. You're not sitting with them and teaching them how to do uh, addition and subtraction like you did when they were younger. The help tends to be more indirect uh, by that time. You're checking just to make sure, do you have any homework tonight? Why don't you sit down and get started on it? And then you'll answer questions as needed. But one thing that developmentally tends to occur later are the organizational skills, are the planning skills, right? So those young teenagers in grade seven who all of a sudden there's big demands. Their hands were held through elementary school and all of a sudden in grade seven and eight, there's some big demands on their organization and planning skills that are just, I would say, just starting to develop at that stage of the game. They're certainly not fully developed then. Uh, They're probably going to need more direct help maybe with those things than with the actual subject matter if they're a student who's progressing typically. Exactly, exactly. You know, another thing that you might do is, um, like, there, there might be social conflicts that they're worried about from the previous year as well. Yeah. And so one of the things you might do, again, it might be the day before. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's earlier, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, anytime they're willing to talk to is great. Uh, the night before, this is one of the things that might come up. And, you know, role-playing with them might also be a, an idea to say, you know, if 
what are just getting that explanation you know what's likely to happen what's this person likely to say what are you what are you thinking you might be able to say back or who what's your next strategy who are you going to talk to and that kind of thing that just to get them again it's all about preparation yeah. and some of these social things you might have to prepare for as well that's true that's true i think another way to deal with that is setting up some reminders of their connection with you that they're going to come across during the school day at lunchtime or recess time, those are the unstructured times when uh, kids tend to maybe get into a little bit more trouble if there's some relational aggression or things like that going on. Often it happens on, on the yard or in between periods, things like that. If you've got maybe a little note in your son's or daughter's lunch to say, hey, I hope you're having a great day. If you've got some other ways of reminding your child that they're important to you, that you're there for them, uh, those are things that can help them just to cope with those day-to-day stressors that happen in pretty much every classroom. Yeah, and I think it's important. You know, a lot of times kids will have complaints about their teachers, and a lot uh-huh. like there's a lot of anxiety that might come through through that, right? Uh, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and I think it's important for parents not to trash. <laughs> your oh, your son or daughter's hard, teacher. Yeah. That's yeah. important. But at the same time, you want to be loyal to your. It's yeah. important for your attachment to have this loyalty with your son or daughter. That's so, a tough balance. That is a tough balance. But you know what you're doing there. To be clear, is you're validating their feeling that they're having right mm-hmm. without necessarily without agreeing with the source th- that that's they're right. attributing it to. That's right. Well, you don't have to put the teacher down to say that must have been hard. Or I see why you're feeling that way. That must have been scary mm-hmm. for you, or that seems unfair. Well, you had a really and you must tough be frustrated day. Yeah. by how unfair that is, without having to undermine the teacher's authority. Unless, of course, there is something really there with the teacher that you have to take yeah, up. You and might then you're still there. need to check in on some things, right? Right, because you know, if if there's something there that you need to go and be assertive with the teacher about, of course you do that. But a lot of times, it might just be a hurt feeling that you have to validate without having to put the teacher down. And your child might figure out a way to deal with it on his own. That's right, especially with with that sounding board. Exactly. Well, I think that covers it. And that brings us to the... Top three things. Top three things. And the number one thing to remember is that it's probably a good idea to assume that there's going to be some kind of stress or anxiety associated with any change. And in this case, we're talking about either a change in schools or a return to school from the summer holidays. That's important to be understanding and not to diminish or belittle your child's reaction or his or his or her feelings. And the second thing to remember is that uh, you want to take the practical steps that will help reduce your own stress and by extension your child's stress by having the lunches prepared the night before, getting their school supplies ready, having their health and emergency information ready, uh, and reestablishing bedtime and mealtime routines. The third factor to remember is it's really important to pay attention to those psychological factors that Giuseppe and I were talking about earlier that could help to make a transition back to school or to a new school a lot easier for your child, emphasizing the relationship uh, that you have and that your child can have with their new school or with their new teacher, volunteering at the school, being a presence in your child's school, uh, showing your child how important school is to you and, and to him or her, those are all things that can help to just 
motivate and make things easier for them in terms of their adjustment. And that's it for us. You can visit us at familyanatomy.com or email us at info at familyanatomy.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter and Google+. Plus. If you're listening on your iPhone or iPod, you can find us on the podcast app. As usual, we'll leave you with a bit of a tune by Brother Love, and he's over at brotherloverocks.com. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks. a family thing You know what to do FamilyAnatomy.com